So we are so excited. We are the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are here to talk about the Hallmark uh, Channel's five-night Thanksgiving event, slate of six movies that we're going to talk about. One of those is Hallmark Movies Mysteries, then the five that are on Hallmark Channel, and Amber's here to dive into these Thanksgiving events. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so this is pretty fun. And I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope all of you listening had a good Thanksgiving. I did. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was really simple. It was nice. I had Friendsgiving. I watched too many Hallmark movies. <laughs> I by the by the time it was time to go back to work yesterday, I was like, "Well, bye, Hallmark Channel." <laughs> it was it was too much. We've reached uh, Amber burnout. Hallmark saturation. Burnout. I've reached Hallmark even, Channel saturation. It's not even December yet. <laughs> well, the problem is I have been recording every movie that I have not seen or I don't remember perfectly enough to give a ranking. Uh-huh. So, like, legitimately, <laughs> every waking hour where I'm not at work is just Hallmark Channel. <laughs> And Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Like, we are so fortunate that I do not have Hallmark Drama Channel, because I would be dead. You can't do this, because I can't find another co-host. I mean, I I can ask Nina, but I don't know if she's up (laughs) for it. I mean, this is the thing. I That might be why I have a cold. Because also, I've been, like, staying up real late, you guys. And you know what? Like, John Christmas or whatever is not great at like three in the morning guys (laughs) yes but you did watch all of these films with a somewhat uh you didn't watch any of these at three in the morning i get real excited before the new ones start (laughs) yes so these five films uh how did you or six films excuse me these six films how did you overall kind of feel about them (laughs) i was just sort of Uh, I guess. uh, Yeah. uh, I mean, I, you're going to see. Generally, they were all fine. I mean, in their defense, if I wasn't like super drugged on NyQuil, it might also have been a little bit more exciting. Yeah. But I was like, (laughs) super chill through them all. I didn't hate anything, everything was fine. Yeah, and I have to say, I live tweeted almost all of these, so that was fun. Yeah, because so I, I was dead. <laughs> I hope that you all enjoyed that. I, I did all but two. I think I said yeah, two. Rachel Rachel really uh, picked up the stick <laughs> this week. Yeah, I'm sure you'll return the favor, definitely, especially if we have a mysteries podcast. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the detective shows. All right. So these six movies, let's just get right to it and talk about them. So I actually had, I guess I should say, my overall response was I had two that I really liked, two that I was in on, and two that I didn't like. See, she's way ruder than I am, guys. <laughs> I'm the nice one. Well, you know, what can I do? All right. So... <laughs> Okay, okay, so let's talk about the first one. This uh, is We Love Christmas. And this one definitely like checked off a ton of boxes for me of things I like. It's a workplace romance, which is something I like. It had, uh, it definitely had like You've Got Mail vibes, which is like 
my, one of my favorite movies ever. I love it. And it, I thought it had very good chemistry uh, between the stars, Emilia Ullerup and Aaron O'Connell. I thought they were good. I, I thought that it was just overall very entertaining and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and so when we had initially done our stocking preview, we had both given these, this movie a diamond ring. And, I mean, I can clearly see why, because all of the fun elements are there. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. like, a secret mystery, but nobody's lying. There's just, like, misunderstandings. And, and, uh, you know, Amelia is the cutest person on Earth. Like, I love myself some Brie O'Brien. And, you know, Aaron O'Connell is basically, like, young Patrick Swayze. So that's... Way to go, guy. In a good way. Um, anyway, so obviously I was like, chick, chick, chick. Really great. And then I was watching it. And I I enjoyed it. And I was having fun. And whatever. And then they went ice skating. And I was like, if they can't ice skate, can we just give them a different activity? The CGI backdrop really took me out of the show, you guys. <laughs> I was just like, "What? Why are they? Why are they in front of a green screen? Did they have to reshoot this?" And then their stunt doubles came on, and I was like, "Oh, you guys! <laughs> Can't they have? Couldn't they have made a snowman as a team instead of ice skating?" Yeah, like, it's, it's fair. It's fair. But I really liked how they did the scenes with them emailing back and forth because she gives him gives. Oh. And this, uh, uh, this email for Secret Santa or whatever, and just them talking about like work and and uh, what they want, and him like trying to live up to his dad, and and uh, I don't know, I just liked it. I thought it was it was just something I could relate to, and I thought it was really well done because, uh, and I, I thought that you know just like last week there was this homage to Sabrina. I felt like this was an homage. To You've got mail, and and uh, which I I really enjoyed, and. I like it when they kind of, they kind of uh, do that. You, you sort of feel like it's one of these classic romance stories. And I kind of felt like that. And, and in the end, like something like this is all up to the chemistry. I thought they really had good chemistry. I definitely, and I, I thought uh, it was believable that when he would think that uh, somebody else was the uh, secret Santa, I thought. Yeah. And I thought that, I don't know, I just, I just enjoyed it. I thought I'd talk about work and, you know, like why we work and, and what motivates us and all that. That's just a topic that I like. So Yeah. You're like, Oh, work, work, work is the best thing ever. Blah, blah, blah. Send it in a workplace. I'll give it 10. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care what people do for their job. I don't love my job, but I still do it. It's just how, just how I make money. It's not my life anyway. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching this, I felt like this movie was, um, I loved when they were emailing back and forth. Yeah, that was done. You so were well. like the content of the emails, and I was like split screen. I was so excited. Yeah, um, split screen's my favorite thing on earth. Um, big fan of the you know classic screwball comedies from the '60s and late '50s. You know. Yeah. And I think that might have been why it was so low, because I was watching it. I wanted it to be one of those, but like it was just like a half 
an inch away from being like a Rock Hudson Doris Day movie, which would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that they were really missing to make it be that is a Tony Randall character. Because there wasn't really anyone in the show who was like funny. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like nice. It needed that element of funniness, I think. That's fair, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I didn't miss that, but I can see. I can see what you're saying. And yeah, it, it, it doesn't have the, it's not as body as the, I mean, I love Doris Day. If, if, on, my, uh, uh, on my other channel, I have a whole video where I, it's just Doris Day. All the whole thing. I love Doris Day, and so yeah, I I, uh, I I totally see what you're saying. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a really sweet little movie. I liked it. I mean, I didn't hate it. I gave it three point four crowns, and it could have been way high, you guys, <laughs> but they just uh, made me they made me want more, so they got less. Fair enough. Ranking. Uh, I actually have Would Love Christmas at number 11. So I have a pretty high. Really, yeah, you loved it. it yeah, you were I really like your favorite. It. I didn't miss the humor. And you're like, I didn't. to Rachel, Would Love Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I just, it felt very relatable. I've definitely had that kind of, kind of secret Santa work things. And I don't know. I just liked it. So, um, yeah, I have. Maybe the problem is I work with just like a bunch of married dudes and women. There's not, like, a guy I want to secretly marry. <laughs> Maybe I'd, like, workplace things more in that instance. Yeah, well, I mean, I now I work from home by myself, so don't have that now. But I there was a time when I did uh, And in the, so... In the days just, of yore. I just like things that either are serious about work or funny about work or romantic about... I just It's just a theme I like, so what are you going to do? Just um, watch so, The Office, Rachel. Yeah, I liked The Office for about three seasons. Um, anyway, yeah. So I have We'd Love Christmas at number 11. And I have it just after Daro and Daro at 10. And The Perfect Catch at 12. So what we're going to talk about is mistletoe, The Mistletoe Inn. And this uh, is based very loosely on... Richard Paul Evans novel. Uh, I read the book before watching the movie and I thought, boy, how the heck are they going to turn this into a Hallmark movie? And, and when, and Nina, when we were talking with Nina, she said that she said the same thing about the mistletoe promise, which is also Richard Paul Evans. And cause this book was pretty downer. Like in the book, uh, there's like infidelity and divorce and depression and like suicidal thoughts. And, and then her, uh, her dad gets cancer and like, it was just like, woo. I mean, shockingly based on what you've said, I don't love Richard Paul Evans. I mean, I don't love Richard Paul Evans before you said that, but honestly, should it surprise anyone that Richard Paul Evans is like not my go-to guy for books? Yeah. I mean, I guess he's, I always thought he was more sort of a, a rom-com kind of character, kind of writer, but I guess he's more of like a Nicholas Sparksian kind of writer. This yeah. He's like, that. he's like, oh, read this with a box of tissues. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> Paul Evans cameo in the movie. What? The very, in this one? In this one, yeah. He's at the very beginning when, when, when he, she gets broken up with in that bookstore. Uh-huh. 
uh, that he was there. He was like the author there anyway. Well, I missed it. <laughs> so I, so this stars Alicia Witt and she's definitely one of our contenders for the queen of Hallmark. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she has an interstitial. That's worth like two movies. And uh, what? An interstitial. What is that? You know, the little thing they put between shows. Oh, 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 right, 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 right. I've never heard that term before. Um, well, maybe I made it up. <laughs> programming. An interstitial program or a wraparound program or wraparound segment refers to a short program which is often shown between movies or other events. Look at you. You're very, you, you're just like, you know all the technical jargon. They call they me jargon for a reason. <laughs> they don't, but they should. They Wait. should hire you at Hallmark because you know what's going on. I, because, I, yeah, because I know the that. term interstitial. They should just hire me. That's it. Not my winning eyebrows. <laughs> well, I mean, your rapier wit and your charm also is a reason. But you guys, Nyquil dolls rapiers. The most about Alicia Witt in her movies is she is very like expressive in her face. Like she's very funny as far as her reactions to things, and like uh, you know she has funny kind of you know shocking sort of uh, responses to things, frowning kind of responses. She's just a very like I think a very fun comedic actor in that regard. Yeah, um, I really love Alicia Witt. Uh, I didn't for a while. I think it's because she was the girl in Two Weeks Notice. Oh, yeah. um, I think it took a little bit of time to get me past that. <laughs> um, but also, when she was like a baby, I mean like four or five, she uh-huh. was in Dune as some like weird old lady character thing. It's the best. Oh, don't, you like don't, Dune? You're a Dune fan? I mean, I don't oh. like Dune, but I've seen it, and now that oh. I know that's Alicia Witt, it makes Dune better. <laughs> I, I Dune, I think, is the boringest book I've ever read, and I think it is the one of the boring, most boring movies I've ever seen. I mean, my dad <laughs> likes Dune, so oh. it's like something you just watch with your dad. Uh, I'm glad my dad doesn't like Dune. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the show was okay. a Dune. Gave this, we were very high in it because the uh, the the write up wasn't very good. It was very confusing. Like okay, I was saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a true story. Um, I gave it Cole mm-hmm. ultimately. And pretty much that's because I saw it was by Richard Paul Evans. <laughs> I gave a stock because I thought it was confusing. Like, why would a writer need to take a leap to go to a writing convention? That didn't make any sense in this, in the writing. Like, she's a writer. Why would she not go to a writing convention? I don't know. <laughs> I was confused. But this also stars David Alpay and... He was super charm machine in this movie, I thought. Okay, I thought he was. David Alpe is a charm machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know someone's good looking when they're on a CW show. And he had like a season where he was on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. He's obviously very good looking. <laughs> um, well, but he's in one of your faves. He is in one of my faves. I Sculpture Christmas. <laughs> and... He was also in Sleigh Bells Ring last year, which was not my favorite. Okay. But I've seen that one. I think maybe he just needs to be opposite a redhead or <laughs> a somewhat redheaded human. 
Yeah, I, maybe, I just like maybe. him. He's great. He was very charming. Yeah, I got into trouble on the live tweet because I, I forgot that he was in Ice Sculpture Christmas. And I'm like, I remember seeing him before. He's so great. And everybody was like immediately like, he's in Ice Sculpture Christmas. Yeah, like, and I was sorry. like, well, it's no surprise that one's my top 12 and not Rachel's favorite person pretty much on earth. Her ex-boyfriend, mm. Garth, played by Casey Manderson, uh-huh. who I love, you guys. Why I didn't know how him? much I loved him until, like, this season, basically. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He should be the bad guy, the quotes, bad, the weaselly guy and everything. Also, he should be the lead often. He should just be in lots mm. of them. Yeah, I, I he was fine. I, I had no, like, he was a little over the top for me, to be honest. Like, is a little, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's a, just slightly over the top. Nah. Just. I thought they had such great chemistry. I really thought they did. And, like, so he, he does the whole lie reveal thing, which to me is, like, boring. Um, but, uh, and I, did you know from pretty early on that he was the, Okay, obviously, this is another one of those things where if you don't know <laughs> that he is the guy, what what are you doing? Right. You guys need to practice finding <laughs> clues. Like, heaven forbid you ever lose something, because that thing is gone if you can't figure out that he's the guy. You are the worst yeah. detective on earth. I mean, if anything, she should have gotten a little bit of a heads up when he takes her on a spontaneous, expensive trip to New York City in the, in the holidays when it's the most expensive. Like, obviously, a struggling author who kind of, sort of, has a book sold is not going to be able to do that. So well, no, no. He said that he was in finance. And he had a book thing. Oh, he uh, did. I missed that, I guess. But I don't know. Like, there were clues. There were He's clues, like, like you oh, say. He's like, oh, I used to write all the time. And then approximately six years ago after my last book was published, you know, the ones that you've been talking about. Yeah. But I just thought scenes like the, the scenes with the snowmen was hilarious. I, thought, I really liked that. I really liked them, like, talking about the writing and their chemistry and I don't know that goes a long way for me in most of these movies. If I feel like a couple has chemistry and I like them and I enjoy, then that's like huge. Really creative with the drinks and ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can someone just get a regular drink, please? Can someone just order hot chocolate? Not be like, I'd like a ho 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 hot chocolate with like, a elf green twist. Like, what is a tiny Tim? What does that mean? Like a tiny he's a child. A poor child. Like, how do you make that into an alcoholic beverage? So out of control. I really missed I I was really sad that we lost that like mean writer lady, the one who was like, <laughs> You've never written anything before, you're just failure <laughs> at life. I loved her and she was in like the first 20 minutes and then yeah. she was just gone and i was like why did we even waste our time on her if she's just gone well and this made me laugh because i've been to many a writing conference before and there were no like crazy mixers oh what did you think about her her, her showing up in that dress that's what i said that's i wanted her to be miss haversham 
<laughs> oh, okay. I get what you're saying. That was oh her favorite literary character. I get it. Yeah, that was yeah. That, that was funny. I thought that was good. She was the her favorite little her favorite character is Christmas present. <laughs> no, her favorite character is somebody else. But Christmas present was a funny <laughs> outfit. Yeah, that was she a clever cheated. cosplay. What I thought it was clever. A very very pretty pretty subtly swapped out a. Uh, Vancouver for New York City and it was so funny because she's like she's walking around because they've used obviously stock footage of New York City and they were very clever about how they did it and then she's she's walking around she's like look at the lights on the pavement and the and she's like it smells so much better than I thought I'm like (laughs) like I don't know it was just funny to me like what was she expecting New York to be they've got like lights and they have it smells better than I didn't anticipate electricity in New York. <laughs> I was picturing 1820s New York. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. That was really it kind of annoyed me because I just think that whole like, oh, you weren't honest to me about who you are. It's like maybe if you stopped out a conversation with this person you're supposedly in love with, like, uh, it's just so boring and predictable. I don't like it. And uh, so that was kind of uh, to me. But um. But the rest of it, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so I give Mistletoe In a three and a half crowns. I gave Mistletoe In 3.4 crowns. Yeah, it's basically the same. Yeah, it's just uh, fine. <laughs> so I have it. It was, at, and it was fine to good. Yeah. Like, so I have it at number 18 in my rankings. I have it in between Christmas in the Air at 17 and Harvest Love at 19. That's pretty good. You like those. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so. Now we have Finding Santa. And this was our very intense Uber driving situation that we had a blast talking about in the preview. Yes, <laughs> and we strongly had different opinions about this. Yes. <laughs> so I gave it a sock. You gave it a diamond ring. Yes, I did. <laughs> and we had Jody Sweeten in her Hallmark debut and Eric Winter, who had been in one before a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, the magic of ordinary days from 2005. <laughs> like, I don't know what he was in it. INDB just said he was in it, and I believe that. Like, there's she runs this Christmas shop that her parents left her. She wants to be an artist, but she decides to run the shop. She's very positive about that. And, and then you have him who I uh, was got all this training to be Santa, which was hilarious. I thought the way they kept talking, but well, you've gotten the training. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And so it, he doesn't want to do, wants to do his own thing. And so, it, so she decides to like get an Uber and, and like, Get him to come down to Connecticut or come up to Connecticut from Boston. And uh, it's a back and forth uh, between them uh, trying to get him, convince him to be Santa for this parade because the whole town literally relies on the parade for their happiness. Uh, And uh, and at one point she basically says that and that they're counting on it and on all this stuff. And, and I tell you, like for me, what worked for me about this movie is I did think that the dialogue that I forget the name of the writer, but she is a miracle worker as far as like making me laugh quite a bit with these, with this dialogue. Cause this plot is very stupid, How but dare you. her dialogue was funny. I thought I laughed 
quite a bit. And so I give her huge props for making me laugh. Julie Sherman Wolf. Yeah, she's a genius as far as writing dialogue. She's great. I I liked it mostly. Um, but the big problems for me were these people are too stupid. I can't deal with them right now. Yeah. Like the big conflict is, oh, I want to be an artist, but I also want to have a store that I own and is Christmas themed. And right. also his big thing is I want to write and also I don't I I don't have time to be Santa. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I'm sorry characters in this movie. You're talking about like not even part-time jobs here. This is like seasonal yeah, it employment. Was completely silly. It was very ridiculous. You can easily do your other part-time thing <laughs> while you do these things. Yeah. I didn't understand the conflict at all. It made me bonkers. But I don't understand why, like, if you really liked uh, Festival of Ice, it's basically the same conflict. I mean, yeah, no, remember I was mad that she was so stupid. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great job being an ice sculptor once a year. I hope you have a great <laughs> career. Was really yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Like, I, this is one of the ones I met on. I, so I didn't love it. But I did think it made me laugh quite a bit. I thought that her friend, speaking of how you always love side characters, her friend or the girl who worked at the store with her, mm-hmm. she was hilarious. I really liked her. And yeah, I don't know. Like, it was a movie. I was fine with it. And uh, it was fine. But I was, I probably would have been happier if they weren't such dumb people. I ended up giving Finding Santa three crowns. And I ended up giving Finding Santa 3.3 crowns. It was fine. Mm-hmm. So I had it at, in my ranking, at number 29. I have it just after my favorite wedding, 28. And Love at the Shore at 30. The next one was The Christmas Train. This is the Hallmark Hall of Fame for the season. And we both gave this an orange. We were pretty, you know, excited, but not like super excited. And of course, this has an amazing cast. Dermot Mulroney, Kimberly Williams Paisley, Danny Glover, Joan Cusack, all of that. And so I read the book for this. So I did know the twist going in. And it's less annoying in the, it's less annoying in the book. It's still What's annoying. annoying. The twist. And what? But, this is a spoilers podcast, right? I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you thought the twist was annoying? I thought the twist was super annoying. Yes. I'm not a twist person. I hate twists. So I. I was but, just sort of like whatever. Oh, the thing is, very annoying. I knew. I felt in my bones that Anthony Konechny and Kristen Prout's characters of Steve and Julie, mm-hmm. the engaged to betrothed couple, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, they're actors hired by this guy. Hmm, but in my mind, I thought they came on after um, Dermot Mulroney came on board. So I thought he hired them at, like, the first stop, because I didn't remember them on the first leg of the journey. Okay. 
So, I mean, I figured it out, but I had bad facts. But I didn't know about that um, other chick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. In the book, well, I guess we should talk about some, let's talk about some of the stuff we did like. So, obviously, the cast is really good. And I was actually really entertained for, like, 99% of the movie. I really liked it. I thought they had good chemistry. I thought it was charming. I, I, I liked the cast. I, I, I just, didn't, I was enjoying it. And then, but I knew that that was coming, this, this twist. And so it was always kind of back there in my mind. I loved Joan Cusack. She was hilarious. And, and then, yeah, oh, that to me was super lame. I really don't like it that it was all just like, it, it, it just feels super manipulative and really annoying. And I, I'm just not a twist person. I don't like Shyamalan movies. I don't like big twists and things. They very much annoy me and I feel manipulated and frustrated. And so that's just mean what I don't like. I don't mind twists if they provide you information. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like this movie, I didn't feel like completely blindsided because I was like, these kids are hired. I figured it out. Like I I felt it in my bones. So I didn't feel like betrayed or lied to because I was like I got this already <laughs> and then when the other lady was there I even could, I could you... understand the thing that I don't understand about the twist which is so stupid is why in the world would Tom's lady Lilia agree to do this yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense well whatsoever. supposedly because he's gonna give her like a big part or something like that well yeah. you, whatever she's <laughs> I just didn't believe it and I yeah. hated it like, what if he said yes? Yeah. She just, I guess she had to make sure or whatever. I don't know. It was stupid. I I just, like, even if I knew, even if I saw it, like you saw it, uh, and I already knew because I'd read the book, but even if I, I did, I knew it still annoys me because the characters are getting manipulated and the characters are getting tricked. And I don't like that. I don't that care about bothers the characters. Me. I care about the characters. <laughs> And, and these two poor innocent people are like being manipulated into loving each other. And I don't like that. That's very annoying to me. And, um, and in the book, she never figures it out. His um, wallet in the shared like bathroom and he finds the SAG card. Mm-hmm. And he just basically says to um, Max Powers, whatever his name was, that, uh, that he's like, thank you for doing all this. And then they go on their merry way. So she's like completely oblivious to all of it through the See, book. that's dumb. <laughs> and so it's just like made way less of a deal in the book. And it's like, just, I don't know. I just liked it better in the book, but it's still annoying. But I don't know. I just don't like my characters being tricked and manipulated. And I just find it hard to believe that everything would fall into place. Everything would go perfectly, that they would that they would, you know, like, fall in love like that, that everything, I I know he's Max Powers, but come on. He's not Max All-Powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, thought that was really funny. But Um, it was very well made. Uh, It was, I enjoyed it for 95% of the movie, and, uh, yeah, I struggled with my ranking on this one, because I really didn't want, because it was a side of me that just wants to pretend that, like, stop it, like, stop it right before, the big reveal, because I just think it's very annoying. But anyway, that's just how I feel. So um, how many um, crowns did you give the Christmas train? Well, I gave it 3.2 crowns, and it was just fine for me. 
obviously, because I only gave it 3.2 crowns. Um, but the Joan Cusack parts, I probably oh, would have yeah. given, like, 12 crowns. She was really fun. I enjoyed Christmas Train, ranked at number 24 in my ranking. I have it after Destination Wedding at 23, and, like, Cats and Dogs at 25. Cool. There you go. We will talk about Switched for Christmas. This is our big Candace Cameron Bray double fest that I was able to live tweet. And so obviously we got another queen of Hallmark. And I'm kind of wondering, I feel a little bit like the so far they I feel like the movies that have been kind of a gimmick, you know, like two Candace Cameron Berets or or the the Enchanted Christmas one with uh I don't know, with the Penavegas and the, uh-huh. I don't know, I just feel like there's a bunch that have been kind of gimmicky and, and those almost always are disappointing. They sound really cool and then there's, uh. um, so, but yeah, this is these, this is these twins that are switching places because they both have to plan these elaborate parties, one at an office, one at a, uh, at a school and, uh, you know, got like the st- sort of the stay-at-home mom kind of, I guess, with, and then the working um, person, single lady. And a couple, first of all, it was pretty hilarious how they tried to sell Denver as, I mean, they tried to sell Salt Lake as Denver. That made me laugh. Okay, did you, did you see I that? I don't understand about that is, okay, it was literally the exact same footage that they used for... Enchanted Christmas. Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> and I just do not understand like, why, why not they didn't just, just send Lake? why or why didn't they just send a crew to Denver with a drone? You don't even need just like what they did with New York and Mistletoe Inn. You just get some stock footage of Denver. Like that's yeah. super cheap and easy but to do. That, I mean not to be whatever, but pretty sure <laughs> that the uh, LDS Salt Lake Temple's kind of recognizable team. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. I'm like, what? They should have had them have different colors of hair. Because it got, I thought it was a little bit confusing. I know some of the other people on Twitter were a little bit confused about, which they looked, I mean, they're identical twins, but like they should have done something to make them more different. They looked very similar. And it would have been better, I think, if one of them had had like a red wig or something. It's just something to make you knew, okay, this is Kate, this is Chris to me uh i was fine with it because i did not have any trouble keeping track of them yeah um their names don't matter to me there's you know city to (laughs) city to suburb and suburb to city they don't need names um and frankly i liked the fact that the kids knew and i liked the fact that her dad could just tell but I, I did it first, kinda, and then I didn't. I wish that the kids didn't tell uh, city to suburb that they knew. I wish they had kept the gag up longer. It Fair enough, I could see that because I, I when I was first watching, I'm like, oh, that's a refreshing choice. That's different. Like usually, that's not the way these stories go. That like you know, ninety percent of the people know that they're switched. Uh, but I, so first I liked it. I tweeted out that I liked it, but, and then in retrospect, I'm like, that wasn't funny. And I think that, so when I finished it, I was trying to figure out why I didn't think it was very enjoyable. And I think it's because they took out any, any opportunity for humor. 
I, like it could have been really funny, like her trying to cook meals for these teenagers or her, you know, like just, there was just no, like everyone knew except for these men. And so like, it wasn't very, uh, it just wasn't very funny. And the, my problem with this movie is I felt like the whole movie was just like a whole bunch of, like I love movies about work, but I don't want a whole movies that are just about like board meetings where people are talking about planning a party. That's super boring. And I just, I found this movie pretty dull. Yeah. Um, the thing I'm going to go back to the kids knowing is if you're, you was a, so no mother would be like, ha ha kids, I have abandoned you to my useless sister. Good luck. I'll never tell you the secret. <laughs> Like, no mom would do that. So I just believe and accept the fact that that happened. I will defend that choice for the, the Hallmark team no. until I die. No. And also, as the, the dad would be able to tell them apart for sure, because you can tell twins Well, you never apart. saw the dad. Or, I mean, or her dad. Sorry, I thought her you were dad. the kid's dad. Um. <laughs> the stepdad. No, no I get it. The but ex-husband like... would have been really good, you guys. Like, typically in these kind of typically that's not the case in these kinds of stories and yeah it might be more realistic but well i mean it just sapped any humor out of the other human switching stories it's usually kids switching each other or whatever single people switching with someone else it's never you know someone with dependents the one i thought of is uh it's not switching but i thought of a family for christmas which is one i really like it's one of my top 12 and in that one, I like the way the kids kind of like slowly over time kind of have to figure, kind of start to figure it out. You know, like, this is acting kind of weird. Like she doesn't know how to cook, you know, she doesn't do things. Like why is she acting this way? And I, and I think that really works in that one for me. And I don't but know. But that's I, different because it's not the mother abandoning her children to this other version of herself. It's I think abandoning is a situation. little strong, but I, I know. So, but if she had just left them and didn't tell them and was just like, here's your aunt. I'm out by forever. Then, if you need me too bad, you think I'm there. Like um, a mom would let her kids know. But it, it just made it boring. That's the problem. Then I guess this is just a boring story because they sapped any like opportunity for any kind of humor. And so it was just them like sitting at, 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 meetings planning these two parties and i liked i mean i thought both the two men were pretty hunky i enjoyed them but like it was just it was just boring i didn't like it <laughs> also can we just say though city to suburb did not do a great job city to suburb didn't plan anything city to <laughs> suburb just let the principal and her hunky suburb to city like literally planned this whole thing with her hunky guy and you know made all yeah. the calls got everything arranged plus uh suburb to city like saved the development and was like i mean what i got from this is city to suburb is way not as good as suburb to city well, and there were more sort of funny moments with her in the city, like her like getting real excited about the, 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 the wardrobe and, you know, and sort of there's some like, there were some fun moments with that, but I don't know. I just thought it was boring. What else can I say? Yeah. It didn't make um, me laugh. I didn't think it was funny. I thought Finding Santa was way funnier as far as the dialogue and whatever, even though 
they're both really silly, but uh, I, I liked that one a lot better personally than Switch for Christmas. I also do want to say that I loved the fact that when Greg, when she told Greg, like, oh, I'm actually my sister, ah, and she ran away, Greg wasn't like, oh, the betrayal, the lies. Yeah. He was just like, eh, it's fine. Because <laughs> I feel like I said this last time, and it's true, if somebody came to me and was like, I was actually this other person the whole time. I wouldn't be like the chick from Mistletoe in and like run off in a huff and be the betrayal. You could have told me at any time. <laughs> I would have been like, ah, what a fun, what a funny thing we can tell our grandkids. Yeah. yeah. Or like you sit and you have a conversation about like, well, why did you do that? Let's talk about it. And like, instead of just being like, how could you lie to me? Oh. One, two and a half crowns. Cool. I gave it 3.1 crowns. Mm. Yeah, I have it at, in my ranking, I have it at 44. I have it just below Falling for Vermont at 43. And While You Were Dating at 45. Mm. So there you That's go. That's pretty scathing. I didn't like it. I really <laughs> didn't like it. I'm not going to lie. So I liked it. Um, okay, so the last one. Sorry, Candice. Uh, so the last one is the, is a joyous Christmas. So this is the only one that was on movies and mysteries and this starred Natalie Knepp and Michael Rady and, uh, they both. And Bonnie Bedelia. And Bonnie Bedelia. She is plays this like motivational speaker and she, uh, gets saved from this she gets saved from this accident by this woman named joy and uh she they like form this relationship joy's played by bonnie Medea, and then you have um the michael rady who plays jack who is brought in to be like the producer of this big event that she's gonna have which is in her hometown and i really like these two actors quite a bit i really did um, but I didn't really buy her as this like tough talking business executive. Like she's just too sweet. I thought it just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't ever buy it from like point one. Yeah. She's a precious angel and <laughs> I hope I get to see her in more movies. Yeah. She was precious. I did. I really thought she was cute. I liked him. I liked their chemistry. Uh, they were good. Um, but there was a huge problem for me in this movie. I thought that Bonnie Bedea, the joy was so annoying like I, I I admit it I fast forwarded some of her scenes I just couldn't take it I didn't like her voice I didn't like the way that she acted I didn't like her preachiness I thought that I mean I agree with the with Rachel in the um, maybe it's the name thing but when she's saying like you can't uh, help other people until you're at like a a full place yourself like you can't like, that's what causes a lot of people to, you know, have, like, suicidal thoughts and get really depressed and stuff is because they're just people take, 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 and they're not spending any time to, like, build up themselves. And so well, I actually agree with her. And Rachel's thing, not you, Rachel. Rachel right. TV show. Right. She wasn't, you can't help other people until you help yourself. She was like, don't help other people, just take care of yourself. So like it's slightly different, but it's different. Maybe I didn't. I felt like both. Maybe both were very extreme, but I agreed more 
<laughs> I guess I'm selfish person because I agreed more with her than I did with this like uh, this this syrupy preachy version that that the Joy character was putting out there. And if <laughs> the twist in this one, oh my gosh! If you didn't, it was so obvious. Obvi- I mean, okay, people of the earth, if you don't recognize that they have put a person who was placed for adoption right and someone who you know placed their child for adoption right. in the same movie that they are not a pair then right. i don't know where you have been <laughs> because if it's like a puzzle piece and there's like there's this piece and there's this piece they very clearly go with each other. There, there's no other reason for those two things worthy. to exist. It was super grown worthy. And I just, I just did not like her character at all. Like, I was so annoyed by her. I just thought, I mean, I'm sure Bonnie Bidia is a lovely human being, but I don't know, her performance and like, like I said, even her voice I found very grating. And- it was a little... I know everything. She was like a little too perfect. And yeah. even her like big reveal, I guess, is right. that she got pregnant and then Stole she, something. you know, let Michael be raised by these, not Michael, Jack be raised by these wealthy people because mm-hmm. she couldn't afford to take care of him or give him the life he deserved. I mean, even that is like, that's like going into a job and they're like, well, what would you say is your biggest flaw? And it's like, I just, uh, I work too hard probably. Like, I mean, her flaw is that she wanted to give her kid a better life. Yeah. I mean, come on, you kids. <laughs> so it was, she was too, too much for me as, yeah. in that way, for sure. Um, I will say though, the scene where Joy and Jack are talking to each other um, after they both know who the other is, was mm-hmm. really sweet. I didn't love the piano scene. The piano scene was just like, okay, great. They killed each other through music. But um, but he sang beautifully, side note. I was yeah, very I was very singer. proud of him. Um, <laughs> but the scene where they where he was where he asked, you know, why she gave him away is what mm-hmm. he said. Um, it was it was really nice and they both did a really great job. So, I mean, that was a really good scene. I don't know if you fast forward through it or not, but <laughs> I don't I, know. I liked all the scenes. Like, I thought it was really cute, that scene with them, like, with the, uh, with the bubbles I'm talking. And I, so scenes like that, I, I liked. I thought that was cute and funny. The continuity in the bubble scene made me want to die. Oh, it did. <laughs> I didn't notice that, I must say. You didn't notice? No, I didn't. Oh, the best part, I'm sorry, the best part is in the sh- the scenes where they put the bubbles on their face uh-huh. and both of them definitely got bubbles in the other person's eye and I was so funny because <laughs> I just knew they were going to be like mad and like oh my gosh I need to flush my eye out oh, I got soap in my eye and I don't know and it <laughs> so then the next scene when they just have like gently placed on their noses I was <laughs> So I didn't really like this one. I found it tough to get through. I just, I, I don't know. I just, when you have a character that just actively irritates you every time they're on screen, it's tough. Yeah, I was, I was fine with it. This movie was fine for me. I gave it three crowns. 
And I, I give it two crowns. I really didn't like it. Um, and uh, even though I, I thought they were cute. Uh, so I have a joyous Christmas at 49. Uh, I have it after Love Blossoms and just before the wedding march too. So. And then so the rundown for this week in my personal rankings, spoiler alert, <laughs> it just follows the week. I went with Love Christmas, Mistletoe in Finding Santa, The Christmas Train, Switched for Christmas, and A Joyous Christmas, all in that order. Mine is almost the same, but it, it very well could be because I basically felt the same. But I have I, With Love Christmas at number one. I have Mistletoe Inn at number two. I have uh, The Christmas Train at three. I have Finding Santa at four. I have uh, Switched for Christmas at five, and I have A Joyous Christmas at six. So, I mean... Basically, all six of my movies went from a three at the lowest to the highest at a 3.4. It was a really close race, you guys. <laughs> yeah, mine, like I said, I had two that I really liked, uh, and then I had two that I was, eh, and then I had two that I pretty much didn't like. Uh, so I went from a four all the way down to a two. So I was the, uh, I was the harsher one this, this week. But you. you were also the nicer one. It's true. I was Christmas. the Goldilocks. With Love Christmas is one that I would buy on DVD. I really liked it. I thought it was super fun. We have Christmas in Angel Falls, and that's the one that stars Rachel Boston and Paul Green. So that one looks pretty fun. Yeah, we're pretty excited for that one. Um, I believe this is definitely the first Christmas magic that we'll have of the season because she's an angel, as yeah. I called if you'll recall from the Christmas preview. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had any, like, North Pole action at all in this year. Yeah, I don't even think there is a real Santa in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the closest we might get is Finding Santa, because that, that dad had some, like, real Santa moments, and they, they but, um, but maybe there's one that's coming out called the Reindeer... Reindeer, Reindeer games, games or something. Maybe that one will be. I don't know. We don't know anything about it. If they uh, if they go through a whole Christmas season without having a real Santa, a fake fiance, <laughs> or yeah. any other Christmas magic that comes yeah. from the North Pole, I well, will. and there's no like alternative lives. You know what I mean? Like like a family no, man, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life kind of a, a thing. The Angel Falls one, which should be good. And then we have Christmas in Evergreen on the regular Hallmark Channel. And this does have a stacked cast. It has Ashley Williams, Holly Robinson-Pete, uh, Barbara Niven, and Teddy Sears in it. So that should be fun, hopefully. And then... Uh, and we, we have had given Christmas in Evergreen. We both gave... We gave both Christmas in Evergreen and Christmas in Angel Falls diamond rings like did we really we, it was too? it was pretty much breakfast at tiffany's <laughs> through the, like this weekend is gonna be pretty pretty hyped so i'm yeah, nervous I guess so i forgot that look at that um so then we have christmas at holly lodge on sunday and that has allison sweeney in it yes and we both gave this a sock but that was before we even knew that 
Allison Sweeney was in it because I would have gone higher. I love her. Did we? We didn't know. I thought that was in the, but yeah, it has Allison Sweeney, Jordan Bridges, who I really like in his um, Love Comes Holiday. Softly movies that you well, hate. He, he's in Holiday Engagement. Yeah, he's cute. Which is a real good one. So, and then Shirley Ralph is the other. So that's fun. Hopefully it'll be good. And then the magical Christmas ornaments. Brendan Penny, our Chesapeake Shore uh, of alumni, I guess, <laughs> a cast member. And uh, so, yeah, this should be interesting. And that was and one we, we didn't, didn't. The, this one, and I don't know what it was going to be like, so I can't even tell you. Well, we, it wasn't released yet. Yeah, we didn't know. It was a surprise on the preview. So we didn't have it. We couldn't rate it. Um, but there you go. So that's what's coming up next week. Uh, so let us know what you thought of these films. Uh, how did you rank them? Uh, put in the comment section or tweet to us. Uh, we love it when you do. We just got a tweet today from a, from a nice person saying how much she was enjoying listening to the podcast. And so we subscribe to us on iTunes and on YouTube. And uh, yeah, and, and on, we're on Twitter and we post daily on Instagram. So we're all over the place. So join in the discussion, join in our little community and uh, it's fun. So where can people find you? So as always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter and that's it. Yeah. So you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And so check that out. I just had a, a podcast on my other channel about the Studio Ghibli film, Howl's Moving Castle. So I'd love if you guys check that out. Uh, I do a lot of animation reviews and videos. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and other social media at Smiling LDS Girl. So check it out. And thanks so much for listening. And, uh, and we will talk to you all next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.